Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Everybody, I love you all. Make sure you're safe and healthy. <laughs> I just, woke him up. The Lord. I just woke him up from a dead sleep. Uh, <laughs> and joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for this very special episode of Not Quite After Midnight, Doug Lawrence. How you doing, Doug? Doing great. Thank you very much. Oh goodness! Yes, we are indeed doing a very special episode. You've been on the uh, on the show before, the show I call the Roundtable. And uh, with, uh, I believe it was Kim Lengling, if uh, if I recall, uh, from uh, out in Pennsylvania, so from CA to PA. Um, but uh, but this time it's just the two of us, and uh, we get to uh, get to have a little bit of focus on uh, on your things, which uh, which is cool because you are truly a one of a kind guest as the only certified journey mentor of the. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, I can't remember the uh, the name of the organization. International Mentoring Community. The International Mentoring <clears throat> Community. And uh, yes, um, yeah, unless somebody else has uh, come along and gotten certified. Uh, nope. Nope, it's just too tough, huh? Nope. <laughs> well, I, yeah, there, there's there's that to it. It's, it's part of it, I think, is the aspect of you know, do you want to drive a Cadillac or do you want to drive a Chev? And f for the most part, a lot of people go, you know, the Chev will do. But, right. you know, for me, for me with, you know, the, the folks that I work with and some of the things that I'm doing, um, I needed the Cadillac. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to own a Caddy. And, uh, and I can definitely understand what you mean. It was a nice car, a nice ride. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, there's something special about having the best of something. And, uh, um, you know, I, I strive to, uh, to do that myself. I've got a couple of certifications, uh, I want to get after this year. And, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, definitely. But, uh, what is it, uh, what's it take to be a, a certified journey mentor with the international mentoring community? Well, so the journey mentor certification is is the sort of the last stepping stone i guess for lack of a better choice of words so you there's a prerequisite so you have to go through and become a you have to take your certificate of practice mentor first and and go mm -hmm. through that one and get certified and then that qualifies you to go on and continue to pursue the journey mentor one the journey mentor certification was created with the idea in mind of sort of being the mentor of mentors. So you would help guide mm. people through the certification process because there's, there's, you know, there's obviously there's paperwork that needs to be done, case studies <laughs> and all yeah. that sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, in addition to, you know, having to have a mentoring log where you log all your mentoring activity and then being able to speak to it when you go through the certification process. The one thing for, for both of those, for the certificate of practice mentor and the certificate of practice journey mentor is that you go through a, what we call a verification uh, panel interview where wow. you're actually, you're the, 
certificate of uh, practice uh, mentor, it's about an hour to maybe an hour and a half in duration. And the other one, the journey mentor one, the, I remember when I did it the first time, it was about two, two and a half hours wow. where you're asked, you're basically verifying that you, you have the experience uh, to become a certified mentor based on the criteria is assessed against about 72 different competencies or action outcome statements. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it has, it has the potential to become very uh, complex, I guess. And mm. to, for some folks, it's a, probably a little unnerving that, you know, you have to be able to think on your feet and be able to come up with examples to show that you actually have that you're demonstrating that you understand the concepts and processes and you've actually applied those in a real life situation okay wow that's uh yeah it almost sounds like uh like getting your master's at least uh, if not a doctorate <clears throat> it, it's it's pretty intense um but you know it, it going through the process and i've actually recertified just in uh in December, I recertified oh, wow. as a as a journeyman. So your your original certification is good for two years, and mm -hmm. then you have to go through. Basically, you go through the same process as though you were getting certified for the first time. So you appear before a panel, verification panel, that they ask you questions, and mm -hmm. you're expected to be able to you know provide examples, and you walk through the process that you actually took to be able to help that individual deal with what it is they're dealing with. Um, and, and, and then what was the outcome? You know, how did, how did it uh, flesh itself out at, in, at the end of the day? Did the person, was the person able to grow from a personal and a professional basis? And if so, what did that look like? And all those sort of things. Wow. Well, you've kind of answered my, what my next question was going to be was, uh, was, what does a journey mentor do? And you said it was a, a mentor of mentors. Um, is that primarily who you whom you mentor? Um, actually, the other part, which is probably more important, certainly for me, it, it is, is that the, the journey mentor is also somebody that will be working in or is working in the mental health space. Oh, okay. And so you've got the mental health space is sort of number one. And then the second one is is the aspect of mentoring individuals who want to go through the certification process. Okay. Um, it, it it's really important that you you know, especially at the journey mentor level, it's important that you're engaged in both because you know what I've what I've found with the research and stuff that I've done and the conversations I've had with people is that there is. Definitely definitely a need for that journey mentor or even just a mentor to be involved in the mental health process because there's a huge gap and that gap is I'm diagnosed today by a psychologist or a psychiatrist of having post-traumatic stress I may have to wait four to six months before I actually get to see them again right. and in that interim there is nothing there's no there's no uh stopgap filler whatever term you want to use there's nothing that's there that's going to that i can turn to somebody or to a program or something like that 
there's very little of that that's available. So that's why the Journey Mentor, why I worked real hard at getting the Journey Mentor created, so to speak, in order to be able to provide that support structure that doesn't exist today. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, no, we definitely have a uh, have a heart for uh, for the mental health community around here. Um, in fact, uh, made the uh, made the final uh, the final slide on the ending credits now is uh, is for uh, nine eight eight uh, our uh, new mental health crisis line here in the states. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I uh, I deal with uh, with ADD and uh, uh, and uh, major depression. Um, and uh, those make an interesting combination. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I can get distracted from my own ruminations. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, in uh, in the mental health space, do you have a, a specialty or a leaning of people you uh, tend to uh, tend to help um, over there? Or uh... you know, it's 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 a mixture. That's probably the best way. It, it is indeed a mixture, but there's some things that I'm seeing. Like I, I do, uh, I, I mentor uh, young entrepreneurs mm. who are just getting started in their business. And usually what I find is that when we have our first, first or second meeting together and we start talking about different things that for the most part, at least the ones that I've been working with, most of them are dealing with mental health challenges of some sort. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to talk our way through what does that look like and, and what, what are some of the coping skills and mechanisms that they're, they can put into place to be able to deal with that. Because if we're not able to do that, that's the mental health challenges are going to become obstacles or barriers mm -hmm. to them being able to move their business forward. Okay. Okay. No, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, awesome mixed um, because uh, many uh, many mental health issues uh, have uh, ha come with uh, come with unexpected gifts. Um, you know, yeah. my ability to hyper focus on a uh, on a project to the exclusion of all else. Well, when it's going wrong, that's depression. But uh, when it's going right, it is uh, it is something that uh, that has allowed me to finish uh, finish projects and. In, in one fell swoop, I once uh, wrote a, lic a, three, a licensing proposal that should have taken three weeks at least worth of uh, worth of legal research and all that, and uh, and I was able to hyper focus at the at the Starbucks and with the help of a little coffee, um, I got it done in like uh, in like uh, four days, four or five days, and uh, so uh, yeah, yeah it, it, when it's going right, you know, and uh, yeah, you get the right help and uh, and all, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, so tell me, what's the difference between a like a therapist and a mentor and a coach? Let's let's get those uh, let's get those differences <laughs> uh, so we can focus you in on uh, on your niche. So the coach is how I describe coaching. Anyhow, is that it's typically performance driven. So it's typically a shorter of uh, the relationship or the arrangement is of a shorter time frame mm -hmm. and there are similarities between uh, a coach and a mentor mm -hmm. as far as some some of the approaches uh for me a uh, longer term relationship is definitely what sort of stands out from from a mentoring perspective like i've got 
you know, some clients that I work with leader in leadership mentoring that we've been working together for probably seven or eight years now. Wow. And, and it's, they just need somebody to, you know, to listen and hear who's non-judgmental, mm-hmm. who knows the questions to ask to help guide them to where they need to go to figure out the answer. So there's that part. A therapist is somebody, from my perspective, is somebody that's actually gone and uh, got professional training of some sort. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think of, uh, I've, I lost my wife to cancer in 2021, and oh, wow. I've gone through, I've gone through, I still am going through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. But what's 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 been uh, interesting is that there's there's all kinds of uh, different modalities that are out there to be able to help you work your way through, you know, the 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 whole aspect of grief and and how how it impacts your mental mental health and 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 what I've you know what I've been able to find is that that's increasing as well. So the therapist is the person that I would turn to who has that sort of that tool chest of all these different modalities that they've been, <coughs> excuse me, trained or certified in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've always seen, cause I do, uh, I do leadership development coaching and, uh, um, as a, as, as one of my day jobs, uh, I just can't have enough day jobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've always seen, uh, I've always seen the difference between a coach and a, and a therapist is the therapist, looks at the past and the coach is supposed to look at the future and uh um yeah and i wanted to see how how mentoring fit into uh into the space and i think you said it very well um thank you you know so uh but uh um but yeah um yeah what other uh what other training have you uh have you gone through to uh to get where you are uh you know i i've done uh cognitive behavior therapy training. I have done uh, some trauma training uh, through the uh, Arizona Institute uh, for trauma. Okay. I've, I've done, um, I've done some, just some basic stuff that you grab online and, and, you know, it, it, I was just trying to think. There's some uh, some stuff available through LinkedIn. Some that's available through uh, Udemy uh, online college and stuff like that. So I, I've I've done some of those. I just off the top of my head, the ones that jump out is is the Arizona Institute for Trauma. Yeah. Excuse me. What that was that was a very intense, um, very intense course online course uh, with an exam at the end. Um, so that that you know that was definitely, and then the cognitive behavior therapy was one that I found quite interesting as well. And then you know the rest of it is, it's sort it it's just experience because a lot of yeah. the skill sets that that you need, like you know, you need to have you need to be an active listener, so you need to be able to listen and hear. You need to know how to how to conduct a conversation so that you can you know, sort of help guide the person along talking about what it is they're dealing with mm-hmm. and how how they see or how they feel they could deal with it. 
and and sort of be able to guide them through that because uh, a lot of the stuff like I find even with grief, grief is to me now grief is part of the mental health story. Right. And what I what I find is that you know some days it's really difficult to have have that conversation because your emotions kick in. There's other you know you're thinking of other things when you need to really truly be focused on okay how am I going to deal with this and short term and long term. Okay. Um, what, uh, what can somebody expect, uh, from a, uh, from a first mentoring session? You know, we're going to have a conversation about expectations. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I really like the idea of setting expectations right at the beginning. So what's your understanding of mentoring? What do you hope to get from our time that we're going to spend together? What are some of the things that cause you to lay awake at night? What are some of the things that, you know, are taking place in the workplace that you're not quite sure how you're going to deal with it? Let's let's make that a, a list of some of those things that you're you would like to explore, and then we can kind of create a roadmap of how we're going to explore those different points and quite possibly what is the outcome that you're looking for at the end of that? Mm -hmm. And then conversely, from my perspective is that, you know, I have certain expectations, you know, that if we schedule a time that you show up for the session, and if you can't make it that you, you know, you have a cell phone, so you either call me or text me and, and let me know, because there's other people waiting, you know, for the opportunity to have that yeah. conversation and you're you're basically kind of throwing that opportunity out the window when you know you don't show up so and i know in the coaching world you you would pay and i've done that as well i've actually with some folks when they've kind of missed a couple in a row i've said oh i'm sorry but i'm gonna have to bill you for for my time and that seems to have that kind of wakes people up. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've uh, run into those situations before, and uh, yeah. yeah, you can't. Uh, you know, it also it also goes to valuing your time in the first place. Um, you know, uh, you your time is valuable, um, which is certainly why I appreciate you spending the time here with me today. Um, but. Uh, um, but yeah, you can't uh, you can't waver on that. Uh, you know, if somebody wastes your time, somebody's got to pay for it. But uh, yeah. um, your your website is talentc.ca. Um, Correct. And uh, that's where you can uh, can get into contact, find out a little bit more about Doug. And uh, there's uh, there's a bunch of great stuff on here about mentoring and speaking. Um, and uh, um, you know, uh, you've even got a blog. I haven't quite caught up. Uh, haven't quite done yet um but uh um but yeah um and uh, you also work with full businesses and do uh do culture assessments what what is a culture assessment so a culture assessment is primarily what when i do those i do those so that i can sort of determine whereabouts the organization is is it mentor ready so mm -hmm. could we walk in tomorrow and implement a, a mentoring program in, in the organization. That's kind of the, the gist behind it. And the process that I have that I've created and I've used in, I don't know, probably half a dozen different places is to, um, 
depending on the size of the organization, I'll interview either everybody or a random sample of employees. Mm -hmm. And typically I ask two questions, sort of as icebreakers to kind of get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. But is the first question is, can you describe your organization's culture in three words or less? And the second question is, if there were any five things that you could change in the organization, one of which cannot be firing somebody, what would they be and why? Yeah, you got to add that, in the not firing somebody. Yeah. Is that, we'll just get rid of John. John's got to go and everything will be rosy. Uh, not always. And so, so what, what ends up happening is I do all these interviews and then I take all the, the data from the interviews and I put it into sort of in, into silos, if you want to call it that. And from that, I come up with recommendations on how we could change the organization, how we could do some things better. One, one solution is typically, it could be leadership mentoring, it could be implementing a mentoring program for the entire organization. It could be, let's do a, a pilot project and see what comes out of it, you know, as far as We'll implement mentoring in, in maybe for 10 or 15 employees, and then we'll do a, a feedback loop at the end of that to sort of determine, is that a good investment of money and time and all those things? So, it, and it's worked well. Um, it's worked really well, actually. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, so you've had i'm guessing you've had to uh, turn away uh, prospects then if uh, if you have qualifying questions i i've had a, f a few not many because i am the sort of person that i i always my story is that i will not leave anyone on the island by themselves mm. and so if you need help and you know i'll i'll go the extra mile to make sure that you get it right. and if you you know if you start to we'll, we'll say if you start to abuse that gift then then we'll sit down and have another conversation and sort of you know is this not working for you what do we need to do different so that you get more value out of this um and, and sort of the conversation goes in that direction because it i don't you know i somebody misses a couple of sessions, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. Because there, there could be something, you know, that they're dealing with that um, there could be a death in the family. There right. could be all kind, you know, all kinds of different things going on that I'm not, you know, I'm not initially aware. Uh oh, excuse me. I, I need to be able to, um, I need to be able to deal figure it out so we can roadmap okay yeah um yeah i know it's uh it, it's it's hard to uh to leave somebody who's asking for help on uh on the island but uh but sometimes you you do just have to say i can't help you there's there's yeah. here for whatever reason and uh usually it's uh it's just not being ready to uh to be helped um you know, some of it's like uh, some of it's like some some of these people need a twelve step program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, and you've actually touched on on one of the things that I do offer to organizations, and it's it's mentoring versus termination is what I call it. Mm-hmm. And and basically what it is is if you're thinking of terminating this employee, give them to me for five one-hour sessions. And if I can't turn that employee around in those five hours, mm-hmm. then you have a decision, you have a decision that you need to make is do we want to still go ahead and fire this individual or not? Because, and I've only had, I think I've had one that, you know, we uh, just couldn't, couldn't get them to move and, and, and stay, stay rowing in that consistent fashion. We just couldn't get them. I could go and have a conversation with that individual and he'd be good for maybe two days and then he'd slide, start sliding. And of course I'm not on site. So if I'm not on site, I can't correct the behavior. But uh, at the end of the day, he was the only one that the organization just said, we're not investing any more money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, No, a decision always has to be made when, uh, yeah, when, when something's going, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I often uh, um, uh, promote uh, uh, retra- retrain training or or retraining um, because uh, yeah the um, the type of uh, the style of leadership development I use I call ethical leadership and it involves uh, um, involves actionable behaviors like uh, like humility um, controlled justice or and and discipline. Um, you know, it's like you, you don't go around punishing the uh, the employees for doing poorly. You go in and you help them. You you find a mentor yeah. for them. And because yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, on top of everything else, it's so much cheaper to uh, to try to get some training into somebody than it is to hire somebody brand new and have to train them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's what, one and a half to two times the annual salary to replace somebody? Yeah, yeah it's something like that something like that yeah yeah for sure yeah um somebody should have told uh told elon musk that before he started firing twitter <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah well we gotta some have to learn the hard way i guess yep yep but uh um but yeah um yeah i'm looking through the uh through the uh the blog here on talentc.ca um and uh and seeing uh seeing some i see the the one of the last most recent ones uh, will a bully make a good corporate leader i think we're uh, we're we're on the edge of uh, of talking about that cuz uh, i think we have very similar uh, opinions of what makes a uh, a good leader um what uh, what does make a uh, a good leader in a corporation you know it it's from my perspective it's somebody that is very people focused and is looking to motivate employees. It basically is a role model, you know, because I, I take a look at, I've always said that a good mentor is a, is a good leader, a good leader is a good mentor. And it's part of the reason why is because there's similar skill sets. Like, you know, they're typically, both of them are great communicators. Mm-hmm. They know all the different steps of how to communicate effectively. They're all they're both role models. They know how to lead by example. They they know all the things that they need to do to show their appreciation, um, you know, for their employees. Uh, 
you know, I think of, uh, I think it was the president of Microsoft Canada who, and I think it was Christmas, don't quote me on it, but he had little gift cards done up with, with a, uh, I think it was uh, like, a, like a gift card from a coffee place or something like that. He gave that, to, penned little notes into each one and gave that to every single one of his employees at Christmas. Nice. Yeah, you know, you, you sort of go, okay, I, I am appreciated, and I, you know, in, in a lot of the organizational mentoring that I do, I hear a lot of that where people, you know, employees say we don't feel valued, right. and you know, so one of the things I, one of, the, I remember, it was a, a senior government manager mm. who said who said to me one day that. You know, he said, I just, I don't know, I feel like a stranger with my staff. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Every day you're going to come to work and you're going to take the first 30 minutes of your day and you're going to walk the floor. And by walk the floor, you're going to go around to as many workplace, as many workstations as you possibly can. And you're going to strike a conversation and you're going to learn something about each and every one of your employees so if little Johnny was playing hockey last night, you're going to talk to his mom and say, how did little Johnny do playing hockey? How many goals and assists did he get? You know, and you're sending a message that, oh my goodness, this guy really cares about me because he's paying, you know, paying attention to what, what I'm doing and what my, you know, what my family's mm -hmm. doing. And, and, you know, sees that as a, as a, and so he started to do that, and he was quite surprised at at, <laughs> at the outcome from that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I learned the hard way. I I used to, in my days in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I'd come to work and I'd grab, go downstairs to the cafeteria and sit with the boys and have a coffee, and then it was time to go to work and take off and go up to my office and sit at you know behind my desk and just work away and and the only time I left my office was if I had to go in and have a performance discussion with an employee so it got to the point where anytime they saw me they all I used to jokingly say they all ran to see who could get under the desk and hide because here comes Doug and somebody's in trouble mm -hmm. and I ended up I went that's just not me you know that that's people are getting the wrong idea. And so I did that. I started, I was the first one to do that, which was to, you know, take my cup and, and maybe wander the floors and go and see all the staff I had in different locations. And, you know, just, you know, try to build that relationship because that was really important to them. And it had to be important to me. So, you know, to drill that home, that's that's what my expectations of a of a great leader would be is somebody that's plugged into, you know, their team and what their team does, uh, you know, both personal and professional. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, public sector uh, it can be employees can be very difficult when it comes to uh, to inspiring them to do better. Uh, because the the finance normally, I mean, in a, in a corporation, you always, no matter what else is going on, you always have the financial uh, uh, incentive. Um, you know, it's like if you do a good job, you could get a promotion and more money. 
Um, but in the public sector, it's if you can hold on for just a little longer, you'll get a promotion. <laughs> and so that financial incentive's not there. So it can be really difficult to uh, to find ways for uh, for people there uh, to uh, to feel uh, feel inspired to uh, to do better um, than they're uh, than they're doing. Um, you know, and uh, and definitely that personal connection, I think, is a uh, is a great incentive. Um, you know, being an inspirational leader, a transformational uh, leader, um, is uh, is definitely the way to go there, um, because it's just so difficult otherwise. Um, yeah, you know, and the other thing is, don't be afraid in your organization if you're in a leadership position. Don't be afraid to start to find mentors to work with your employees. For sure. Because that that's that you know that sends a huge you know here here they've gone and found me this person that's going to help me be a better person that's going to help me grow personally and professionally mm -hmm. and I didn't even ask and they've just done that for me and it's you know it's going to make a world of difference that's yeah. what they say so let's let's give it a try yeah absolutely um what uh, what would you say is uh, um is uh well how do you determine what the best way to inspire your uh, your team to uh, to do better. Um, well, you, yeah, you know, one of the one of the things that I'd like to suggest is that if you want to inspire your team, make them a part of the strategic uh, planning process. Mm -hmm. And and I know that sounds like oh really, <laughs> <laughs> we have to be involved in that stuff. But I've I've taken people through that exercise mm -hmm. where. I remember one time my boss came in and presented the strategic plan to a number of employees and I waited till he left the room and then I took over and I said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I want each of us to write down on a piece of paper when you think of any one of the goals that were listed in the strategic plan, when you think of any one of those goals, what's your contribution to the success of the organization achieving that goal? And it ended up there was, you know, a lot of them. And one of the, th one of the things that we also talked about was the aspect of what are some of the things you do at home that if you were to bring that to the workplace, that it would add value because part of them, part of them were saying, geez, you know, I can't think of anything. And so I took them down the, the path of what do you, what are some of the things you do at home? What about your after hour activities? So we were looking at a customer service situation. Customer service was in the strategic plan and the employee said, you know, I come to work and I do my job. And I said, so when you're working in the community, doing community work, is that customer service? And they went, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Now I figured it out. And, you know, I've also, I, I can remember, I also had an employee come up to me and say, I'm negative based on what you said, and, and I got to change my behavior. And I had one other one come up and say, I'm out of here. Wow. You know, so you, you, you look at all the different things that can, the outcomes that can come from some of those conversations, but putting, giving people the chance to sort of plug their mind into say the strategic plan mm -hmm. process gives them that, that sense of belonging, that sense of, of, of 
feeling, you know, feeling that they're actually valued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The bottom up approach for, uh, for a lot of things is, uh, is definitely the way to go. Cause you want, you want people to be early adopters. And one of the best ways to do that is to get them to come up with the idea. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's a little like Inception where you're making them think it's their own idea because they just can't figure it out. Uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, getting, uh, getting the ideas from the, uh, from the people is, uh, is certainly a, a great way to go. Um, but, uh, we're, we're coming, uh, we're coming close to the end of our time. The website is talentc.ca. Um, that is the international, uh, marketing, or mentoring, yeah. sorry, <laughs> mentoring okay. associations, uh, uh, only certified journeyman mentor, uh, or journey mentor, uh, Doug Lawrence. And, uh, um, so if you go to talentc.ca, then, uh, you'll be able to, uh, learn more about mentoring and, uh, and how you can, uh, get Doug's help and, uh, um, and, uh, maybe get him to come and, uh, speak to your organization. Certainly, uh, certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. And, uh, um. And yeah, it's, uh, um, do you, uh, do you only work in Canada or do you uh, work in the state side too? State side too. And, and I actually have done, I, I've done some work in uh, Dubai. Oh, wow. International yeah, man they, of mystery. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows what goes on behind closed doors, right? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we. I did that. I also did. Uh, where did I go? Where was the other place? Shanghai. I w went to uh, Shanghai. This is all way, way back pre-COVID, right. probably two thousand and two thousand and four or something okay. like that. I think. But uh, it must be really different uh, dealing with the uh, with the disparate cultures when you're, because uh, I know uh, the U.S. and Canada are reasonably similar. Um, but yeah. uh, but yeah. going to uh, to Dubai and uh, and then to Shanghai as well, uh, uh, are the cultural differences uh, uh, challenging or? Uh... You know they, it, you you kind of go with the flow. I guess mm. is probably the best way to describe it. I don't, I I try to find out as much about the culture before I travel mm -hmm. so that I have an idea of you know. Like with, you present a business card, you hold both corners of the, if you're in China, mm -hmm. you hold both corners of the business card and, and present it to who the person is you're being introduced right. to. And, you know, didn't, I was just going to rip it out of my folder and say, here you go. And, you know, had to, <laughs> I researched that fortunately, so I kind of knew what was expected. And then, you know, the, the aspect of, it was Dubai that you didn't shake if you were doing a presentation or a workshop that when it came time to speak on one one to one basis that when it came to being introduced or speaking to a, a female uh, in that setting that you uh, waited for them to extend their hand you never assumed that they were going to shake your hand okay that's interesting um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I've I've loved working with uh, with other cultures uh, in the past, primarily the uh, the Far East for me. Um, 
but uh, uh, but yeah, the the differences in cultures can be uh, can be really interesting. Um, I once was dealing with a uh, with a, a Korean bank, and uh, um, and there were Korean nationals working there, and and uh, I went to the desk and you know told them uh, who it was uh, I needed to see, and they said, okay, just wait over there, and they were kind of dismissive, and uh, and I kind of uh, just was kind of wandering around the lobby a little bit and uh, um, and noticed a, a picture of a part of Korea that I'd been to. And uh, and I made, oh, I remember this place. And they're like, you've been to Korea? And, uh, oh, yes. And, uh, you know, we, we chatted a bit. And, uh, um, you know, the attitudes completely changed because uh, yeah. because yeah. Of, of where I'd been and what I'd experienced. And... Uh, um, and uh, their homeland was very important to them, and understanding that uh, uh, change uh, cha can really change uh, an experience completely. Um, you know, uh, you don't want to you don't want to be uh, an ugly American. Uh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, what's a what's a good resource for uh, for researching uh, that kind of stuff? You know, I I. Just I went on to Google and I typed in wherever it was I was going and uh, culture, things to be aware of culturally. Okay. Okay. And yeah, because I also had, I've had a couple um, situations, mentoring situations, actually one where the organization brought me in because this was a... Uh, an employee who was from another country that had come here to work, and and there was there was some issues with with uh, what was acceptable and where he came from. I think it was Pakistan, okay. and and what was acceptable here for for behavior as far as uh, greeting each other, and you know from his perspective in Pakistan, it was you know, a resounding smack across the back and how's it going, so, so to speak. And <clears throat> my advice and guidance to him was to make sure that he got that first one in there because there's going to be another one coming back that is probably going to not be as nice and friendly. So uh, so it ended up we kind of worked our way mm. through that, got him to understand North American culture and, you know, kind of spoke to the employees to sort of say, not acceptable his behavior, but, you know, we also have to kind of work with, with him or, or her to be able to, you know, help them understand the North American uh, culture. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Well, um, you know, we, uh, we definitely are out of time. And uh, I, uh, I want to thank you uh, again, uh, Doug Lawrence. The website's talentc.ca. C is in Canada. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so it's an interesting one. Um, what's, uh, what's, what is on the horizon for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I'm still, uh, I need to, to start to get, the publish, publisher going to uh, publish this next book and get that going. Um, we're working on making some changes from a certification perspective so that maybe people will sort of see the difference between the Chev and the Cadillac and, and maybe we'll 
even just pursue the chev aspect so that they can mm -hmm. kind of get their feet wet and, and then see where that ends up going. Yeah. And then it's, it's all about, uh, for me, the big push, the big, excuse me, the big drive is the whole aspect of the mental health okay. stuff and, and getting out there and telling the story about, you know, post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. and mental health and mental well-being. And then more importantly, now the story of grief and how that fits right. in. I'm just totally blown away by the number of people that are struggling today with grief yeah. and how it's how it's playing a huge, huge impact on their mental health and mental well-being. And we, we need to be there for them to yeah. help them work their way through that. So that's kind of another area that I'm I'm going to be spending some time in. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I uh, uh, after my uh, my best friend uh, passed away from cancer back in 2019, and uh, um, it, that's also Rudy's uh, Rudy's wife, um, and uh, um, and I found such incredible help by going to a grief group. Um, I yeah. got referred to one, and it was just such an experience. <laughs> I, I yeah. jokingly refer to it as my ladies' group. Because uh, I was the only uh, the only guy in the uh, in the, the only guy, group. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, um. uh, you know, and and that speaks very highly of you because most most men won't uh, show their emotions, the emotional right. side, because you know we're afraid of what people will think about mm. it. But when you can do that and open up. Like you're you're going you're gaining obviously gaining a whole different philosophy on how to deal with grief based on you know working with I'm in the same boat we I went to uh, therapy it was a group session of 25 or 30 people oh, wow. and they su they suggested that at the end of this five or six week program that if we found that there was some chemistry with certain individuals that we could go ahead and form a smaller group. And so that's what mm. I did was I, I ended up with, there's two guys and two girls, two ladies, sorry. And um, we meet weekly, virtually wow. right now, but we, we meet weekly and we've been a huge help to each other. Yeah. When one of, a, one of us is down, the others will pick them up. Yep. yep. Two, uh, two standing back to back can, uh, can conquer. And uh, yep. yeah. Um, Definitely, uh, yeah, stronger in numbers. Well, anyway, do you have any final uh, final words for the uh, for the nice people? Well, you, the only thing I'm going to su suggest or say is that I just finished this week doing uh, a series of articles that are on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, that are on uh, Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, if people wanted to reach out to you on uh, on LinkedIn, what's your uh, what's your handle over there? Are you just Doug oh, Lawrence gosh. or just search search for Doug Lawrence and you should be able to find me and oh, hopefully and if not then go to the, go website, to the website and yeah and then we'll do yeah yeah we'll do it that way. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the the website of course is talentc.ca. I've been speaking with Doug Lawrence, uh, former uh, former Royal Mounted Royal Canadian Mounted Police Officer, 
and uh, currently a journey mentor with the international mentoring community, an author and a speaker. Head over to the website and uh, and find uh, and find out what you need, because um, because uh, Doug's got some uh, some great stuff for you. Um, thank you again uh, for uh, for being on, spending this time with me and uh, with us, and uh, um, yeah, that's it. So uh, so to everyone out there, uh, be safe out there. Uh, remember to wash your hands and watch the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew, and my special guest, Doug Lawrence. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Um, certainly appreciate the help. And uh, don't you dare miss YWL Online. We're there on Facebook uh, and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Um, next uh, next time we'll have Lori, Larry Jens... Lori, oh, wow, that's terrible. I can't say his name. Hold on. Closing credits, media source. Let me put it back here. Okay, let me let's try this again. <laughs> Take two. Don't miss YWL online. We're on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Tune in next time for Larry Jorgensen and Lindsay K. Blick. Going to be another interesting conversation. Please like, comment, and share to stay informed. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever you gotta do to uh kick that algorithm into gear. And, uh, you know, help us uh, reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. Thank you again for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful whenever.